0: Let me give you an example, because innovation sure. requires risk, right? So, like, no, it, it no, no, it really does. No, like, no, it, it
1: does, and it doesn't. I can tell you. Look at the last project I was on. There was no room for innovation, right? And I created three or four new strategies for us doing work. Why? Because because you risk didn't want them
0: know you were innovating, so they couldn't stop you.
1: <laughs> no, because risk is is not as risk is a funny word it's it's pretty much irrelevant okay what is risk risk is i wasted 2 hours because i tried testing in a different more effective way who the heck will ever know right i agree but it me. had to get done and by doing it we maybe grow out of it so you know as a developer in a situation where there was no room for innovation because i had t- deadlines i was able to buffer some of those deadlines with the, the need to be a make a better product right and even though from some standpoint, people want you to just deliver requirements. You have to, you know, it's not beyond your control to you. To, you're in more of control than you think.
0: Hey, welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum and joining me is Hey, this is Al. Hey Al, how you doing? Good. Could you hear me drinking my iced coffee? Oh yes, perfect. Sorry, you're gonna hate that. <laughs> I need a mute thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um so how's it going? I actually you know, one thing not not planned to discuss today that I wanted to just just uh I just saw it recently. It seems like you were on a, a Lara chat <laughs> yeah, yeah. video. I like I saw I saw it and I went over there and I was like, Hey, I know that guy. Uh, but I'm not familiar with that. What what was that about?
1: Uh it's something that um was just started and uh, it's pretty ad hoc and uh, you know they invite a number of people to show up, and uh, whoever shows up talks about the particular subject they they talked about in the room. Fun. Um, who was it that started? Um, Sean uh, Sean Maze uh, started it. So yeah, it was good. It was a fun time to talk about these tools, PHPMD. And uh, you know it's it's I it was just you know it reminds me that PHP has a mature coding community as we talk about these subjects. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, it was nice.
0: That's really cool. I'm going to keep yeah. an eye on it. I think their second one is scheduled, but not out yet. But
1: uh, yeah, yeah, it, it will record in uh, two weeks from that one.
0: Oh, cool. So cool. Uh, very nice. Well, before we get too far into things, uh, let me just take a minute and give a, give a word for our sponsor here. Uh, thanks again to PHP Architect. If you haven't heard of PHP Architect. Uh, they have been continuously published since 2002. Uh, they are the uh, the magazine is the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to PHP. Uh, you can get the digital version, of course, and also the print if you're interested in that. Uh, they do trainings and they have all kinds of um, books and other things you can check out on their website, uh, phpark.com. And so thank you again for this for the sponsorship into the into the new year and. Um, Yeah, I think one of our first things we're going to talk about, maybe we just want to jump right in, Al, is um, maybe an article out of their uh, February release.
1: Yeah, I didn't uh, finish it, uh, so I didn't get far enough to really discuss it, but I'm really looking forward to the Docker for PHP by Ben Hosmer um, as we try to think about uh, CD and CI continuous uh, uh, deployment integration Mm -hmm. And, and possibly the use of Docker in our workflows. We're still trying to... Get beyond the first hurdle of setting up AWS CloudFormation just right. Yeah, does, and uh, so this could be key.
0: Does it seem like CloudFormation is already supporting their Docker service? Uh, it that- will.
1: Yeah, all that will work. Yeah, yeah. It's just the
0: details, right? Um, All right, devil's always in the details.
1: Yeah, and and there's a lot of stuff that comes with CloudFormation to um, do a lot of the things you would imagine with Docker because you're spinning up an instance, building it real quickly, and then using it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and all that is actually built in. So we'll have to see how Docker fits in, but we're still thinking about it because it might create a little bit more uh, of a portable environment. I'm still not sure. I mean, for the local developer, it can be key. You know, how do we spin up something locally that matches um, CloudFormation? Right, so.
0: oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, well, one thing I wanted to bring up: um, there's a Adam Wathan actually uh, came out with a new article slash video uh, within within I think the first part of this month um, called "Preventing API Drift with Contract Tests." Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and it's something that you know we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, he, so this video, for those of you who don't know, a lot of times what can happen is you, you know, so you really, you want to create tests and a lot of times you're creating fakes or mocks. And the problem is that, um, and this is true in a single app where you just have like, you know, your API is like different app applic- different classes that you're using that are, you know, if like, so for example, you might have, uh, two different classes that handle diff- a different type of. Uh, authentication mechanism, right? So one might be like in memory storage, and the other one is a session driver. Um, so, so that's one example. But then we have bigger examples, which Al and I run into a lot. Which is, well, what about like microservices or, or uh, where we control them and they're they're a separate domain, um, yeah. but having drift can really cause problems to subscribing oh, yeah. applications when you have two or three applications or more, uh, kind of using a microservice. Does and how, he go
1: and, into that? Like how to implement these things? He
0: does a little like he, so right. his, he focuses primarily on the first use case that I mentioned where you've got, um, in fact, that was the example he gave where, you, you know, you might have uh, two different authentication models yeah. and how you would handle that. Um, and how, you know, how you might build a test, you know, and so like the typical, like the typical test that a lot of folks use is to, you'll be, you'll create a contract. Um, and, uh, the problem with that though, is that, it, um, When you when you do that, you are usually you know so you'd you'd basically be creating uh, an abstract class that implements certain methods, and just basically all that does is ensure you that you know if you have a login, a log out, and a get user method, that any any class that uses that implementation, that's bound to that implementation, will have those things, and people get this false sense of security. it, and what it, what it, just because those things you know the, the the reality is just because a class implements those things, the actual details, in other words, what it returns could be very different uh, and if you do something like like so let's just use an example let's say you you mock that out um and then you do something like if a user you know so like you might say if you do a git request to get the user and it returns uh in and, and, and there hasn't been a session started or the user doesn't exist it returns an empty array well if you st- let's say you decided to like instead of returning an empty array you decided to throw an exception well your 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 test would still pass but actually any any application or any any other classes or applications that were relying on that would actually break cuz they're expecting an array and you just changed it to throwing a uh, an exception. So that's an example and he he goes into some ways of how you can test those kinds of implementations. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how yet that's going to translate into like a m- microservices style contract. Um but it's really interesting. I would, you know, definitely recommend checking it out.
1: Yeah. His stuff usually is. Yeah. Uh, the next article is diving into Laravel audit by Jesse Shoot or sh- yeah Shoot, um, and it was a, he was on the um, on the Larachat live and it was just you know a good reminder of these tools that are out there PHPMD and how they use it to um, basically say hey you want us to take over this application let's do a code review and it, and it pulled out some information about the app that helped them to see what they would be taking on if they took on this app or he was hired to do that so it's just a good article that covers some of these ways to use this tool, and it's not just... Uh, so I was just reminded, it's not just there to help make your code better. It can help actually to assess uh, taking on a new project. So that's PHPMD. Yeah. Uh, was one of the main ones he used.
0: That that was really interesting, and I, I was... Um, I You know, I'd obviously heard of CodeSniffer before, yeah. Um, but I hadn't heard of PHPMD, and it really gave some, some very interesting, um, results. Like one of the things I liked the most was the in path complexity, um, which yeah. basically analyzes a method and tells you the number of possible paths through the method that could happen. You know, see so so, which is awesome because if you if you have a method that has like twenty thousand possible paths, (laughs) that you're gonna have a heck of a time testing that thing. Whereas if you have something that's like four or five paths, yeah, you know, that's that's quite No, I hope to
1: uh work it into my workflow more. Um plugging it into Storm made Storm a little slow, I thought, but uh I, I gotta find a way to plug it into my workflow. Right. Maybe through a git hook. Right. Or or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a good reminder these tools are there and how to use them. Yeah, <laughs> tired of waiting. Uh, <laughs> next so article. Yeah, yeah, actually,
0: speaking of tired of waiting, and uh, yeah. uh, so this next article is actually called Tired of Waiting. Um, it's by Jack McDade, um, and this is really cool. I had not heard of this before. Uh, basically, he he was really frustrated with uh, his build times, particularly yeah. Composer and npm. Uh, And I agree, like, you know, the first time I run NPM on a project, it can take 10, 15 minutes sometimes, depending on the server and stuff. It's really uh, problematic. Uh, And even on my local, uh, it can really be a problem. So... uh, I won't go into too much detail here, but, but he goes in for each one for composer and uh, NPM, he goes into detail, some third party uh, solutions that you can use uh, open source, of course. Uh, But just to give you an idea of some results, uh, he, he turned a six minute install of NPM into 22 seconds, uh, which is pretty, uh, you know, that's really nice. And a four minute install of, uh, of, of composer uh, to 10 seconds.
1: Yeah. The um... no, it's interesting. I'll check that out. The, uh, you know, we're basically not even doing NPM, uh, during the builds uh, by keeping it in, in Git. Right. So that's, that's been helping, but that, that, that's interesting how he does it.
0: Well, one thing I noticed too, is that you like, even for the build process, like if you're going to, for the first time you're setting up, if you need yeah, to install Gulp time. or like whatever, yeah. it's like really yeah. takes a while. Yeah. But I don't know if that's, I don't, actually don't know if this would help you on the first time. Cause it, it's probably doing some caching and some other stuff. I don't know. I got to look into the libraries in more detail, uh, yeah. but it was a cool article.
1: Yeah, I hate npm for that. (laughs) Um, So the next article is "Why I Strive to Be a 0.1x Engineer" by Benji Weber. Um, This was just a. a, I really like the quote. Um, uh, And and basically, it's it's not. Let's see how I if I can grab the quote. It covers like what this 10 times engineer, but he's like, basically, no, it's, it's actually what I don't build. And it's just realizing with everything you build, you're creating more stuff to maintain. And, and it's just a really quick reminder that maybe our real goal is to build as little as we can. Right. And and he says, the times I feel I made the most difference to our teams effectiveness is when I find ways to not build things. And it's just a good reminder. Yeah. Uh, And he lists off a few things here to think about when you're about to, you know, try and do something.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: so it's yeah, really interesting. A, yeah, a good overview article of of a different way to think about what it means to be productive.
0: I think it's important too because the um, it's not, it's not, it's important for the project, but it's also I think important for other developers who are uh, you know, who are starting their career or just up and coming or just want like don't know where to focus. It can be so hard to figure out where to focus because. Uh, you know, people are doing so many things and, um, I think it's probably pretty easy to figure like, well, wow, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing enough. I need to be working 10 or 15 hours a day and doing all this crazy stuff, uh, to, to get to where I need to be. And, you know, I think that, that, that stress and anxiety that some folks put on themselves is not needed. Um, and so that was kind of a a sec to me, that was kind of a secondary side of this, which was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's tough to find a balance too. I mean, um, you know, like he, at the end he he gives a, you know, he basically says like, you know, if you just put in 10% of the work, you know, like he basically saying like most of the stuff that he builds uh, actually uh, doesn't uh, achieve like its intended purpose, meaning like yeah. it makes more money than it costs and is, you yeah. know, maintainable and stuff like that. And so he's, he's advocating for really thinking hard about that. Um, but it's interesting because, for example – Uh, I know with our team, we've experienced frustration at times with, with, with not wanting to like a lot of times we want to like jump into development or just build cool tools. Uh, and so it's kind of an interesting balance, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, I think you took the next one from me. Oh, did or I? Did you add this? No, I mean it's it, it's your turn to read, but oh. I definitely meant to put this. because oh. I really <laughs> think it's a good one.
0: Yeah, um, so it's multiple multiple authentication guard drivers. Um, so this is a this is a new feature. I think we mentioned it before when we were talking about the 5.2 updates. Yeah. But, but we,
1: we've had this in place uh, since like four. So I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what's different.
0: Right. Well, I think the main thing was that it while it was possible to do in four, yeah. it was not like a kind of officially supported or well documented and i think they added some some, some, some syntactic sugar so yeah yeah, we've been doing it for a while but like i think the first time we set it up it probably took us a while and i think you could i think you know a developer who hasn't done this before could now set it up in a really short period of time so for those of you don't know what it is it's basically a really common problem especially when you get into enterprise enterprise applications where you need um different authentication models well, so we had
1: basic auth by nginx then right. we had uh, oauth and then we had um
0: uh, uh just regular auth right so, so what this does is it, it's kind of a, a documented and supported way to add uh, custom auth drivers if you need yeah. it or uh out of the box it comes with a typical web web auth driver which of course based on sessions uh but then it also comes with a stateless driver yeah. out of the box,
1: which is based on token. Man, I like the token auth because uh, OAuth is way more complex than we need. And yeah. This token auth, you'd be done.
0: Right. And the token auth is just yeah, based on a – y- it just adds a column to the user yeah. table. <laughs> it's and, so simple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think actually you might have built some. I think I saw one of your SaaS apps or something that had a token per uh, yeah. Yeah. per user. So this would have been yeah. something nice there. Totally, um, totally. But worth, um, worth checking it out.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, so we're still reading on the latest readings. Uh, continuous delivery. The chapter has been acceptance testing, which is good. A lot of review of stuff we've been doing, mm-hmm. and just good reminders of pruning your test and, and how acceptance tests tests can take long, and that's okay uh, as long as they're well maintained. And, and and you know, I think it's a tricky one. Like how do, with any of our tests, is how do you know when the test is to be deleted because the the user stories have changed? Right. Um, so just good reminders of how hard this is. Uh, as an app gets older to, right. to maintain it.
0: Right. It'll be interesting to see where we're at in a year or so with that. Cause we are starting to, I think, mature as yeah. a, as a team a little, and also just our understanding of acceptance testing. It really gets, it's really can be so complicated. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. But I agree yeah. a, lot, a lot. I of wish per- it
1: was a tool to automate this, like, Hey, this test, like, you know, I don't know, you know, Right. Like this test has no more value.
0: <laughs> right. The problem is like what it's just like AI, right? Like it's like the uh, building that how to, how to that calculation of value yeah, into yeah. an automated test or an no, automated tool would be really tricky. It's like this like
1: user story has changed. It would be yeah, I mean it's just a side thought, but yeah, it's no, it it's is difficult to track all right. this though. So. Um all right, so that's uh that's it for news and latest readings. Uh so now I'm excited about the deep dive. Um, this video by Jez Humble, who were basically um, this year is the Jez Humble year for our team, I think, um, is based, is called "Stop Hiring DevOps Experts and Start Growing Them," and it's it's a great video, uh, and it's not just about DevOps; it's actually about um, how to encourage creativity uh, in your team, um, and so he covers a ton of topics that just help in the end to hopefully see. Uh, how you can have that type of environment where people are trying things, messing up and still moving on, trying new things again without being scared Mm -hmm. and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's, it's on YouTube and uh, it's a great, great listen, Uh, watch as well, I guess. Yeah.
0: Um, I really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's a, it's a lengthy one. Um, and one of the, I mean, it is nice though. It's, I think it's, I think it's almost an hour and 40 minutes, but the, um, you know, probably only, I don't know, an hour or so are, is, ac- are act- is actually him giving his his yeah. presentation. And the rest the questions, the questions the are, questions are, good, are good, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, one of my best quotes, uh, one of his best quotes came out from the end. Um, and uh, oh, I wonder if, I think my thing lost it. I wrote it down. I'll have to find it. But basically, uh, yeah, those questions are really worth listening to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, um, yeah he he covered a lot like- even before he got into the um in, into the questions he really covered a lot um a few things that stood out for me uh he he actually kind of went through like devops and and what the like you kind of like what the history was of that and if you look at like what was devops five years ago versus what it is today and um, you know that was kind of interesting because you hear the name thrown around a lot, and of course, I mean, it's, it's was obviously a server in my basement. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. uh, it's it's obviously like developers and operations put together, but like, what does yeah. that really mean? Um, you know, and 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 he basically he basically puts it as kind of like. It's a group of highly aligned and loosely coupled people, right? So they, they, people figured out that, like, it's good to have these two, uh, these two skills together.
1: Um, yeah. Well, if you don't, then he's saying you'll silo and you'll have two teams of two different responsibility sets and, and, and it's just not – it's not healthy. Right,
0: Right so, and he's seen companies do that <laughs> like in yeah. the, in the, in the name of like making things better they'll create another silo called devops yeah. uh which yeah. is interesting.
1: And he talks about Etsy and Google and he he seems to have a lot of real world examples of this stuff working. The quote he had by the way is uh your job is to get better at your job. And I think that's the a big thing about this is is as a developer you can't just show up and uh, and be who you are every day for the rest of your career you have to grow and change and, and oh, yeah. be Um, willing to grow and change. And if you don't, um, and, and the thing is, you know, as he talks about it, you have to be, you have to have space to be innovative. And one thing I think we forget when we're quoting things is we forget to quote innovation time. Right. And by doing that, we be basically once again, um, you know, quote ourselves into a box. Right. Um, and, and so that it's just a reminder of like, that's our job is to always get better at our job.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. Actually, while, while I was, while I was listening to this video, it reminded me of like some, I went you know, a while ago in college. I was, uh, I, 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 um, I really liked, um, Kind of philosophy and those types of things, and if you study any of the old philosophers, a lot of them talk about this kind of like love of learning, and yeah. um, you know e- even when the pay's not great or or life's difficult or whatever, they just kind of had this like this yearning and this dot desire and this this kind of passion for learning and progressing. And I feel like there's, I, I do feel like there's uh, parallels to what to what we do. Like if you're going to be successful in this business, you have to have that love of learning. Um, yeah. like a lot, like, you know, the people that, the people that, that we end up hiring and the people that we, uh, end up spending most of our time with because they're so passionate and talented are, are the people who, um, you know they they don 't just show up at the job and expect to uh expect to learn everything they 're going to know on the job um, they 're basically on a quest <laughs> uh, yep. to to constantly uh pursue themselves and of course this doesn 't mean you you can 't have a life but i I actually personally love it because i yeah. in those times where i 'm sharpening my tools and sharpening myself, yeah. I can work on anything i want yeah, so no, I can test out new technologies, product ideas like all kinds of fun stuff.
1: The um, one big part about this talk, too, is the daily mainline goal and how you're pushing into production. And that's a challenging subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it also, you know, it's it's mind-opening because you're like, yeah, why can't I push into production? And in the end, it comes down to we don't trust you. Right. Which, again, is... I forget how he says it, but basically... It's it's just a fake way of managing risk, right? And and the best way to manage risk is to allow people to be good at their jobs, right? Totally. Uh, so he just covers that really well as we as our as a team try to. I'm doing some mainline work this 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 sprint uh, in one of our tools, and it's just a reminder of how possible this is, right? Um, so. so-
0: yeah. One what? one thing I was going to say. So like, <laughs> like so when he when he was saying like what, what people really want when they when they start saying like oh we want we want to we want to hire expert DevOps oh, yeah, what they right. really want what they're really asking for is an innovative culture.
1: Well, right? and he and he mentions that that guy who he kept saying like you want one of these guys. Well, he wasn't hired because of DevOps. He just got frustrated by by an idea and he just took it on. You right. Know? And like you're saying, he was allowed to be creative.
0: Right. And the interesting thing is what, what that means. When you, say, when you say you want to foster an innovative culture, well, that means um, you want to grow systems and knowledge. You want to yeah. trust. You, you need experimentation and imp- improvisation. You yeah. need it to be safe to fail. Um, yep. and, yeah. And you need space so that people can figure out on their own how to cultivate knowledge and how to achieve these things. Yeah. He, you know, he, he was very clear that, like, when you come in, when, when, when companies hire him to come in and just tell everyone how it's going to work, yeah. uh, that's They're not, that actually doesn't work. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. And, and people, especially big companies, often, um, you know, they, they'll hire him or they'll take on these philosophies uh, yeah. or try or like to. like he
1: said, they'll, they'll try and just buy a tool. Right. Right. And those are the things that, and he, it's funny because he works for ThoughtWorks, which sells like five different tools. And he's just like, ironically, I'm saying don't use them. Right. Um, it, it's really, it's really a challenging um, reminder. Uh, he says, it's not the tool, it's the mindset. And, right. you know, Etsy and these other companies, you know, build these tools because they needed some time to learn. And he also quotes Toyota, uh, is like they needed time to learn what they even needed by building it. Right. And in the end, you could be like, you know, okay, I get it. Now let's go rent a tool. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it, and uh, you know, um, what was I going to say? So yeah, he says it's not the tool; it's the mindset. And and that was a good reminder there. Right. Um, so
0: one thing he said that goes along with that point you made earlier when you're talking about, uh, you know, pushing into mainline, uh, yeah, and, and kind of cont- continuous delivery uh, through through mainline branch, uh, main branch. Um, Yeah. He 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 said that um, when there when there when something goes wrong, um, what we have is not failure; it is information. Um, Yeah, that's a good point. And I like that way of looking at it. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, if the person keeps doing it, you got to get to a point where, like, dude, why aren't you running your test locally? Right, you know, but but that's the thing. We're encouraging, right? We're hoping for people, and right. not locking them away into like failure, you know, mode.
0: Well, and it's also approach. Like, obviously, if you tell me ten times to do something differently, and I'm just making the same mistake ten <laughs> times, that's 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 very different. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah. but but from the fr- from the perspective of like the team approach, I think I think it really makes sense. Like, I forget, he was talking about it in regards to what he called the retro retrospective prime directive, right? Uh, right. Which is really interesting. And it, basically, what he said is good. like. One. if yeah. you're if you are on a team and the first uh, something goes wrong and the first yeah. thing that the bosses do is ask who did it yeah something's very wrong
1: yeah well the retrospective prime directive is the quote regardless of what we discover we truly believe that everyone did the best job they could given what they know at the time their skills and abilities their resources available in a situation at hand so it's just prevents us from those common moments of, like, what the hell was this code this person wrote? It's like, right. well, it's the best code he could do at that moment or she. Right. Uh, because, you know, that's what they knew. Right. Uh, and that's where they were at because of whatever the situation was. So it's just believing in, in people more. Right. And being less cynical. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the, all these things will nurture that. And um, I like the other guy's quote by Dan Milstein, uh, let's plan for a future where we're all as stupid as we are today. <laughs> and it's just a really good reminder that, you know, we just got to think about it. Um, you know, kind of aim low, but in a good way, aim low, but with quality of growth. Right. Um,
0: well, and part of that is right. Like the, the, with systems like these, um, Right. The compl- Complex. It, it, yeah. Like, the complexity is just, yeah. it's it's not a matter of, like, if there's going to be a problem. It's like, yeah. system's yeah. this complicated. Yeah. Um, will have a problem. Uh, yeah. And, and he they talks about that with, yeah,
1: Simeon Monkey in uh, other testing things that Netflix does right. to just break it. And like, hey, we're breaking this today. We're going to fake that, you know, everything's down due to uh, zombie invasion. Right. Uh, what are you guys going to do? What's going to happen? And it was really interesting to see, like, how they could react to it. And, yeah, I um,
0: thought that was wild.
1: Yeah, and just, like, if no one notices, maybe that thing's not needed anymore. Yeah. Great, great um, practices. Yeah. And, you know, it's ironic, though. It's like, when the, when the heck were you at? And, like, sometimes I'm, I've been bugging um, the higher-ups about having more, like, 10%, 20% time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also I think we as developers have to be responsible to use the time we have. Um, so when you right. quote something, you're not quoting to meet the... Hey, I'm cool. I just finished quicker than you thought, and, and be right. like, no, I actually quoted some time to be innovative, right? And and I think we got to think like that so we can fit in what what might not always be on the radar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. I'd love it. I'd love to get some time to work on some of that stuff. Uh, I don't. I don't know if our system is quite ready for that yet, but for those of you who hadn't heard of the the Netflix's Simeon Army and l- yeah, others do Simian it though, Army. but yeah. it's actually an online package you can go look at yeah. but but essentially it, it introduces like there's actually different options you can make and it, it this isn't like it, it, it's also not fake, like they actually, so Netflix they they're, right. the, the strategy is that because these systems because with these systems are so complex that you are, that they drive themselves towards failure, um, the idea is to deal with that as much as possible until you get good at it. Uh, and that's how you build. That's, that's basically how you build, um, what what they call anti fragility into the system. That's being anti fragile, uh, and so yeah. they do things like the the chaos monkey, for example, yeah. will shut down boxes randomly in production, that awesome. just just totally randomly shut That'd them be down, great. and um and they have yeah. other stuff too to to test other other kinds of like <laughs> security issues. Uh, I'm putting and, that on the to do
1: list. Yeah, we need to set up a um that chaos monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fun. Um, yeah. um, so the other thing was, uh, you know, when he talks about how. Um, I really liked his concept about innovation. Uh, it's hard to make a detailed plan for that. And I think that's where spikes and other type of time boxing comes into play. And you don't necessarily have a clear path of what how you're going to do it, but you, need, you have the time. And right. he really starts to talk about goals as something a little bit more like, I'm going to trust you, team. This is what I want let's get there in a month and, and see how it's going instead of like, I need to know every little step for every little day for every little thing right. um, before we even start. And, and he basically is saying, then you will not have innovation. Right. And, and I think that's a real challenge. Um, he also quotes this other guy, I forget his name, but you know, it, it challenges the concept of budgeting. It's like stop budgeting. And, and these are concepts that work for um, well-off companies. So it's not just the theory. Um, so it, it, these are concepts though that are, are hard to apply. Um, but they're, they're really interesting and, 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 make me think. And sometimes we struggle with our failure when it comes to quoting and when it comes to being innovative. But in the end, it's like we're playing in a rigged game, a rigged game when we don't think outside of that, that particular box.
0: Right. So. Yeah, yeah totally. And you, I think you also have to like in the same mindset, you have to think like on a bigger picture than just, um, than just an individual developer too. Right. Like, um, you know we i 've been on teams where it 's like <clears throat> it took it took you know for for whatever reason it ended up taking uh an ex uh, a, a, quite a quite a bit of time for one developer to get through a certain set of tasks or complexities um, but on the other hand uh, we actually because of this because of what you 're talking about this um this kind of flexibility and freedom. Um, another developer on the same project took a task that was supposed to take two months, uh, and it, it actually ended up getting it done in about three weeks because he had the, the flexibility and the freedom to, to to innovate in a way that wasn't um, it wasn't wasn't like overly controlled or or structured. Yeah. And so yeah. that, that's kind of, I think that's interesting. And that's well, actually a big change for me. Cause I'm like, I'm more of a controlled and structured type of a, of a, of a developer. Yeah, uh, I like yeah. to, I like to think things through entirely as much as I can. And, yeah. um, I've been yeah. trying, I've been trying to get better at it, but it's, it's a, it's a difficult thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, both things are difficult and the different types of people have an easier time with one or the other. Mm-hmm. It's finding that balance. Right. Um, the, um, so, yeah, I mean, the other thing he mentions, is, and I thought it was really interesting, is what makes people checked out. And I have worked with people who are checked out, and it's sad because they just are a downer, you know? Right. Uh, they don't really care. They're like, give me my job, and when I'm done with it, I'll just sit here and look on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so there's some challenging comments there. And sometimes they get checked out because the system forces them to by just having endless meetings and endless requirements and endless whatever before you even, you know, touch your keyboard. Right. Um, and, and you're killing innovation and killing that desire to say, hey, I'm responsible for everything and right. I'm going to think about everything. Um, so that was another challenging one that you know we have to watch out for. Yeah. I, um, I
0: think part of that is also like um, uh, passing... Like, like, like sharing the innovation. Right. So like, you know, we have a team, uh, you know, it's, it's growing in size, but uh, if the same one person or two people are always doing yeah. the innovating um, yeah. and the rest see, of the people that's are where, like working on where, bug fixes or what, you know, like. Yeah. But see, that's
1: the thing, like a true innovator innovates everything. You're tying your shoes, you're thinking, how can I tie these more effectively? Mm-hmm. That's a true innovator. They're not saying a true innovator isn't someone who schedules innovation. So my point, and the point to this overall, is like
0: you're kind of saying that. You're kind of asking. You're you, a minute ago, no, you're kind of saying, like, saying like the when business you quote, needs to plan. When to you have quote that bug addition.
1: fix, no, I'm saying that's ideal, right. right? And that's what he's saying too. But I also think sometimes we have to work within the non ideal, and that's just sometimes reality. And if you have to work, sometimes by doing that, you kind of mm, create. What the, do you think, like? Let me give
0: you you an example because innovation requires risk, right? So, like, no, 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 it really does. No, no. it it
1: does and it doesn't. I can tell you, look at the last project I was on. There was no room for innovation, right? And I created three or four new strategies for us doing work. Why? Because Because you didn't let them
0: know you were innovating so they couldn't stop you.
1: (laughs) No, because risk is, is not... As risk is a funny word, it's it's pretty much irrelevant. Okay, what is risk? Risk is I've wasted two hours because I tried testing in a different, more effective way. Who the heck will ever know? Right, I agree. But it me. had to get done, and by doing it, we maybe grow out of it. So, you know, as a developer in a situation where there was no room for innovation because I had t- deadlines, I was able to buffer some of those deadlines with the, the need to be a make a better product, right? And even though from some standpoint people want you to just deliver requirements you have to you know it's not beyond your control to to you you're in more of control than you think it's like scotty used to say in star trek you know i used to, he, you know it's the scotty math or whatever like i'm gonna quote that you know how long will this engine take to fix two weeks even though it's only a week you know right the captain doesn't freaking know and when you're done in a week they think it's awesome you right. know so my point is like it's not there's there's always room to innovate, and whether it 's a bug fix or a test you 're writing, just take time to innovate because in the end it it, it has a lot of value and it's it 's going to help you to just like your job better too
0: yeah, I think your points are well taken like the The issue that I get into personally is like um you know, the testing example is a good one because it's like a two-hour risk or investment, investment slash risk. And if it doesn't work, no one's ever going to know it didn't work. But like, let's say that I decide that like, I don't know, the way that a, the the architecture for messaging is not ideal. And so even though I've just been asked to like, add on some messages, I'm going to re-architect the system. Well, there is risk that I introduce problems when I do that or that it doesn't work. And so, um, you know, maybe that's a silly example because it's so simple.
1: But it's it's, it's not a silly example, but I think you're, you're being a little bit too ambiguous, right? It's like, you know, I can have specific examples of like, let's take messaging. We use Pusher. Well, what if one day you started this product, project and there's a feature you're building you have 2 weeks to do it and you want to make sure you have enough time to uh try a new way of doing messages because we maybe felt like pusher was lacking in some places mm-hmm. okay and you're like hey there's five features i have 2 weeks i can only do four of them because i need some extra time for something else right mm-hmm. so now you gave yourself some time to say Um, you know, I'm going to try this other way. And that other way could be like we've done before. Maybe try a little bit of polling or maybe try a little bit of a different way around this, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Uh, Or there's another driver that we could use. Um, I think it was Reddit or something. I forget. But anyways, my point is you just took a little bit of time to try something a little bit more... Unless less less ambiguous than what you were saying, like risk of redoing a whole framework, I'm saying just this little thing. You're giving yourself a little bit more time to try something. Yeah, I totally agree Um, there. And it, but I've done it over and over again, so I know it works. And I'm not. I had these jobs are the bottom of the bucket, boring as all heck jobs, right? You know what jobs I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And I came out of it like with you know ten different ideas and ways to do things because I just was able to do it you know and sometimes it's obsessing at night where you're just thinking about something and you try to do it on your own mm-hmm. um, but some it's it's just you know I I, I wish overall like we we're talking about with this video is that innovation does come from the top down by giving us the space to right. be innovative and the trust right but also from the bottom up we can say look at this look what happens when you let us be creative and that also opens the door to, um, to trust and and also right. to, um, you know, inspiring hopefully more of that.
0: Right. Like I, I just wish that it wasn't, didn't need to be so cloaked. Cause I hear what you're saying and I agree with all of it yeah. and I do it. I, yeah. I, 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 do the things you're talking about, but like, yeah. I, you know, like if I, I, I just feel like, um, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's a little bit, it's done a little bit in secret in secrecy and maybe that's just the reality of it. And it's fine. It it works. Yeah. And, and we live and we're happy. And um, I
1: I don't know if it's secrecy though, man. It's like uh the first quote that comes to mind is like, Don't tell me how the sausage is made. Right. Like it's just sometimes it's freaking boring. Who who wants to know when you're in that stand up with a product owner, do they really want to know, by the way, I'm testing this new idea where I'm not gonna use pusher, I'm gonna use like no.
0: No, just, but there's business implications to like, hey, I'm gonna try something that's gonna take a little longer and may or may not work, but I'm not gonna nope. tell you about
1: it. Nope. There's no business because you're taking time to build a better product, which is in the end part of what you're doing. So basically you're saying to them, as a developer, I'm building everything you want. I'm going to make sure it gets done on time because basically I don't care if this is a good product. No, I'm just building what you want. And you're not saying that. You're saying I'm building what you want, but I'm building it in a solid way. And if that solid way means I need some extra time to tweak something or do something, I need to do that because in the end, I'm delivering you what you want and need a better product. Yeah, that makes sense. So I just, I can't get over the fact that it's, it's like, we talked about this in another podcast. We're not code monkeys. Uh, who was that? Was that Jez? Uh, no, that was um, Martin Fowler, yeah, Martin right? Fowler. Our job is, is beyond just saying, yeah, we're going to do this requirement. Our job is to deliver something that, you know, no one can, it's like anyone who drives a quality car or has a quality computer doesn't know 99% of the things that made it quality, mm-hmm. but that's part of the price right it, and, and it's that secret sauce that i, I don't think is uh, a bad secret it's just part of what we need to do to make the, the good product and be the good developer i like um, that i mean you've seen it before man you you can easily deliver crap <laughs> yeah that that has a short-term hey you got it done in a long-term holy heck i hope i never have to work on that again oh yeah so and that's what we don't want yeah um so
0: no that was good uh, that was good clarity
1: yeah, I mean, that's just where I stand. I, I I wish we had 10%, 20% time like Google and someday, or other companies, not Google, but other companies. And someday we may. We're fortunate enough to have a place where we do have space to be creative. Um, but in the end, um, I, I do wish we did have that space as well, where yeah. you could say, hey, for this one day of this sprint, I'm off doing my own thing, which is relative to the systems. Uh, it's not like you're building your own SaaS. Right. Like, look at the guys who made Angular for Google, you know? Right. They were building something that Google could use. Totally. Um, so. But, all right. Well, great video. Um, Jez Humble, uh, he cusses a, a hell of a lot in this video. <laughs> he sure um, does. So, <laughs> but it's still He was drinking
0: watching. during a good portion of it. No, it's just like one beer, half yeah. a sip.
1: And, um,. Um, uh, so a really inspiring video with all these ways of thinking, uh, of being a good team, creative team, trusting team. Yeah. Um, and then just how to think about our day to day work. Um, so a lot more to, I'm, I mean, I've listened to it like three times already. There's just so much there. Yeah. It's really good stuff. Um, yeah. All right. Um, that's it for this one. Yeah. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, It really helps us to get the feedback, keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, PHP Arc, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next show.